Hello and welcome to Misty 101 podcast. David Fuller, man accused of bedsit murders had sex with bodies in mortuaries. Court hears, a former hospital electrician, who has admitted killing two women in 1987, sexually assaulted corpses in mortuaries where he worked. A court has heard, David Fuller, 67, a married father from Heathfield. East Sussex, is on trial accused of murdering Wendy Nell, 20, and 25-year-old Caroline Pierce five months apart in Tunbridge Wells, Kent. More than 30 years ago, Mr Fuller previously admitted manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility, but has denied murder. Ms Nell was found dead in her bedsit in Guildford Road, Tunbridge Wells on 23 June, 1987. Ms. Pierce was killed five months later after being abducted outside her home in Grosvenor Park in the town. Her naked body was discovered in a water-filled dike at St. Mary in the Marsh in Romney, Kent on 15 December, 1987. Ms. Nell and Ms. Pierce's deaths dubbed the bedsit murders at the time, became one of the UK's longest unsolved double homicide cases. At the opening of his trial at Maidstone Crown Court, a jury was told that Mr. Fuller had depraved sexual predilections. The court was told he had worked as an electrician at the Kent and Sussex Hospital from 1989, before moving to the Tunbridge Wells Hospital in 2010. Duncan Atkinson QC for the prosecution said he used the access his job gave him to enter both hospital mortuaries and evidence would show he had a particular interest in the assault of dead women. Following his arrest in December, police uncovered hard drives and images hidden at his home which showed that over an extended period of time he used his access to the mortuary to carry out acts of sexual penetration of female corpses, the court heard. Mr. Atkinson explained, defendant's clear sexual interest in such bizarre and grossly repellent activity provides a unique and terrible link between him and the treatment of the bodies of those who were killed, and thus with Wendy and Caroline's deaths. Both Miss Nell and Miss Pierce were sexually abused at the time of, or after their deaths, jury heard. Mr. Fuller initially denied that he had killed the women when he was first arrested in December last year, the court heard. However, the jury was told that he later changed his plea to one of manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility. His account has now changed said Mr. Atkinson. He now asserts he was suffering from an abnormality of mind. If that is right then the defendant is guilty of manslaughter not murder. Mr. Atkinson said the prosecution's case was that Mr. Fuller had killed and sexually assaulted the women to satisfy his desire added that there was no evidence of the defendant suffering from mental health problems until 2010, where he had complained of feeling depressed over pain in his legs. Trial, which is expected to last two weeks, continues. Paul ask why CNN journalist is in Edinburgh for COP26, while the summit is in Glasgow. CNN anchor Wolf Blitzer has caused a stir on Twitter as he posted a photo of himself in Edinburgh in the build-up to the United Nations Climate Change Summit. As many have pointed out, the event is being held in Glasgow. Monday, Blitzer, the anchor of CNN's The Situation Room, took to Twitter to share that he and the CNN team were now in Scotland for the COP26 summit.
Now reporting from Edinburgh in Scotland where 20,000 world leaders and delegates have gathered for the COP26 climate summit he wrote, sharing an image of himself on set, with the capital's castle in the background. As hundreds, if not thousands, of people have pointed out, the COP26 summit isn't being held in Edinburgh. Summit is being held some 45 miles, 32 kilometers, away in Glasgow. Scotland's largest city. While Blitzer likely meant that 20,000 people would be descending on Scotland as a whole, not Edinburgh, it hasn't stopped a torrent of merciless mocking. UK MP, Douglas Carswell was among many jokingly accusing the CNN anchor of fake news adding COP26 is happening in Glasgow. Guido, a right-wing satirical news agency, labelled the post as a classic American tourist's mistake. Australian comedian Craig Roy Castle followed suit, noting say you are American without saying you are American. Me if I get my information from a news organization that managed to go to the right city wrote author James Felton, who shared a meme based on a sketch from the US TV show The Office, in which an American journalist fails to distinguish the difference between Glasgow and Edinburgh. Avers, a company in the retail of prescription eyewear, wrote should have gone to Glasgow playing on their famous and long-running advert should have gone to Specsavers. Assistant editor Janine Gibson joked that there was probably a very sensible health and safety rule for putting the situation room a minimum of 50 miles from the actual situation. Person chimed in sharing directions to Glasgow from Edinburgh, noting, glad you at least made it to the right country. While, a parody account for UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson said that Blitzer appeared to have all the necessary attributes to become my next foreign secretary. It is understood that some 20% of the 25,000 COP26 attendees will be staying in Edinburgh and commuting to Glasgow. Blitzer's situation room is well over an hour away from where world leaders gathered on Monday. It brings together some 200 nations who are being asked to put forward their plans to cut carbon emissions in line with the 2015 Paris Agreement. These are part of a global agenda to keep global warming less than 2C above pre-industrial levels. Icarus that 44% of UK public spending will be on health. Chess needs root and branch reform. Johnson's government has pledged another £5.9 billion for Britain's permanently in crisis NHS, but throwing money at it is not the answer. Various questions need to be asked about how it could operate differently. Time as a politician, I had an uncomfortable relationship with the National Health Service. 2010, I wrote that the NHS was costly, inefficient, and stuffed with bureaucrats. The following year, I went on to describe the UK health system as a monolithic hangover from days gone by. Wrongly, I was never allowed to forget these remarks and they were raised every time I was on television by rival politicians and journalists. Does a stick to beat me and my party with, often with the insinuation that UKIP wanted to replace the NHS with a US-style private healthcare system. Then. Politicians could not criticize the NHS or suggest reform. As I said on television, the sacred cow of British politics and off-limits to discuss radical change.
especially the case since the COVID pandemic. Last year, we were all encouraged to go outside and clap for the NHS. It should not distract us from the fact that the NHS seems to be constantly in crisis. The pandemic, Brits had come accustomed to reading that it was underfunded and on the edge of collapse every January. Your clocks by the headlines. Present moment in time, there are more than 5 million people waiting for hospital treatment in England, and hundreds of thousands of people have been waiting for more than a year. Has decided that something must be done, and in this week's budget, it announced that £5.9 billion will be spent in an attempt to address the problem. It must be considered that the £5.9 billion is on top of the £12 billion a year increase that was announced last month. Be raised through a rise in national insurance and, from next year, the health and social care levy. To perspective, it represents a massive 40% increase in health spending since 2010. A Institute for Fiscal Studies, IFS. 44% of all public spending will be going to the NHS by 2024-25. Um, this has come from a Conservative government, which, in the past, has been accused of not funding the NHS properly. It had the Labour Party with pretty much nothing to say. How the idea that 44% of public spending should be spent on healthcare is ludicrous and unsustainable. The come from somewhere and as the magic money tree does not exist, it will be at the expense of education, transport and defence, to name but the areas. Ye that this massive increase in health spending will not stop the complaints that the NHS is underfunded. It's interesting that those who routinely make these complaints tend to be the same people who are most vociferously opposed to any reform. And the have been weaponized because the last time reform was attempted, it proved to be a disaster. Baptis, then PM Blair had the idea of introducing private investment into the NHS through private finance initiatives, PFI. All those used to rebuild out-of-date NHS hospitals, it came at a massive cost. It's estimated that an initial £13 billion of private investment will end up costing the NHS somewhere in the region of £80 billion. Last year, the current government wrote off £13.4 billion of NHS debt, which amounts to double the UK's annual prisons budget. What that the NHS costs so much is that, as with all public sector organisations, it is overly bureaucratic and it employs too many people. Unbelief, the NHS is among the 10 largest employers in the world, alongside the likes of the US Department of Defense, Walmart, the Chinese People's Liberation Army, and McDonald's topping it. Tubt is simply too big. I option the logic in continuing to throw money at a creaking organization without demanding significant reform. It mustered that the NHS was set up in the late 1940s for a country that had a population of under 50 million. Moreover, life expectancy for a man in the UK back then was 61, and 66 for a woman. Now the current UK population is officially 68 million, and these are only the people we know are living here, so it is probably well over 70 million.
More in the life expectancy in the UK is now 79 for a man and 83 for women, and with medical advancements, these will only increase as the century progresses. As Peter, they will need more healthcare, which will put even more pressure on the NHS and the taxpayer. The re the healthcare system in the UK is proving increasingly unsustainable and its unsustainability will only grow as the population gets larger and people get older. Moreover, other countries in the developed world have a mixture of public and private healthcare, and they outperform the NHS in many areas. Perhaps at these alternatives and no, I am not advocating an American system. So rather to just throw money at the problem, why not consider root and branch reform from top to bottom? We keep we need to protect future generations from the climate crisis through green initiatives, so why is it that it comes to the health crisis, it's just business as usual. The ANSI NHS has been weaponized by politicians and journalists, and in recent times, has taken on a quasi-religious status. Any call are met with a barrage of abuse. I guarantee however, that if UK politicians do not tackle this issue soon, then they are creating problems later down the line, and probably before the middle of this century. There are us to reform the NHS being tossed around. One is wealthier people to take out private healthcare insurance, which is not a bad suggestion. It would serve the burden on the NHS if a portion of its users were taken out of the system. But this was short-term solution to a much bigger structural problem. I don't think silver bullet and do not know what the answer is, but conversation around significant reform need to be had, and they should start pretty soon. We owe it to generations. Iran's ever join any mechanism on Afghanistan led by US or other trans-regional country. Tehran on Afghanistan only within a UN-led framework or with countries belonging to the region, an Iranian FM spokesman has said rejecting prospects of cooperation with the US and other trans-regional nations. Speaking the Mail News Agency on Monday, Saeed Katabzad reiterated Tehran's approach towards the situation in Afghanistan, stressing that Iran makes any third-party attempt to impose a one-sided mechanism on the country. What the Islamic of Iran has always emphasized is that we participate in and support and welcome any regional mechanism regulated without the interference of trans-regional countries Katabzad stated. The spokesatly stated that the country will never join any mechanism on Afghanistan designed by a country not belonging to the region, and specifically by the United States. At the same Tehran is ready to cooperate with other countries within the UN framework, Katabzade added. Last week, Iran hosted the second meeting of foreign ministers from Afghanistan's neighboring countries. The four top diplomats from Afghanistan's immediate neighbors China, Pakistan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan and Uzbekistan as well as from Russia. Speaking at their video link. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov reiterated Moscow's call for the region's countries to refuse to host US or NATO troops following their withdrawal from Afghanistan. We once again Afghanistan's neighboring countries prevent the military presence of the US and NATO on their soil, 
as they plan to move in there in light of the troop withdrawal from Afghanistan Lavrov said. At the same time, the top diplomats acknowledged the willingness of the Taliban, which has been in charge of the country since the collapse of the Western-backed government, to negotiate with the international community. The Taliban have dialogue with the world Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi said at the Tehran conference, also by video link, announcing that Beijing will host the next meeting of the Afghanistan's neighbors group. Following the ending wars, Afghanistan has been plunged into even more uncertainty this year amid a massive offensive by the Taliban, facilitated by the hasty departure of US and its allies. The country's Afghani fled the country on 15 August, paving the way for a Taliban takeover, with the militants seizing the capital city of Kabul meeting with little to no resistance. UK wet, tornado warning as 87 miles per hour Atlantic storms to hammer Britain in hours. The met off windy weather for most parts of the UK for the rest of today and the first week of November is on the cards. Wind speed more than 50 miles an hour throughout today and into next week, it is expected. Stephen Key, meteorologist at the office, said conditions would start going downhill in the west throughout Sunday. He said, heavy rain will be picking up and there'll be some heavy rain coming in from the Atlantic. That will dom to tomorrow. Heavy rain will into western parts of England and Wales and be accompanied by some pretty strong and gusty winds. Mr Keats of Wales and southern England could see winds of around 40 or 50 miles an hour which could potentially cause problems. He added, tea wild start to Sunday. Given the fact that in full leaf and the ground is pretty saturated in many areas, you could get one or trees humming down. It's going to be vettled. Mr. Keats signing temperatures throughout next week would bring a seasonal feel and that weather would remain unsettled though risks of hefty downpours remained. He added, disruptive potential from the weather will be in the next 24 to 36 hours. It comes as services in Wales joined a multi-agency search following reports of people in distress in the water. It was reported those involved in the incident were paddleboarders. It also comes triple flood warnings were issued on Saturday and some areas received more than a month's worth of rain in 48 hours. Meanwhile, logist Tom Morgan said the Met Office could not confirm any tornadoes had hit the UK but would not rule them out throughout today. He added, weep Atlantic area of low pressure that's bringing a very heavy band of rain and squalling winds across the whole of the country, but particularly in the south of England. We've seen some gusts of wind on the south coast, and a few reports of damage from the winds. It's not out of there will have been some localized, brief funnel clouds or tornadoes. In the last cup have seen some reports and seen some photos of funnel clouds and water spouts, which are similar to tornadoes. Tornadoes are clouds extend from the cloud base to ground, Mr Morgan said. He added that when 87 miles per hour were recorded at an exposed location on the Isle of Portland in Dorset, and there were gusts of 60 miles per hour across Hampshire, Dorset, Wiltshire and Sussex. Pizza Hut outraged customer slams sexual tomato ketchup.
A Pizza Hut accused the food chain of sexualizing ketchup, and said he was put off using the sauce. Adrian Shan one took offense to the words shake, squeeze and squirt that were put on the condiment bottles. The outraged noticed the wording when he visited a Pizza Hut in Hull last month. It was his first out at the restaurant chain and he'd spent £23 on his meal. Mr. Shan said innocent in my eyes. The barbecue sauce squeeze, but the ketchup one said that it put me off using it. It literally sound for swingers. I do not understand one could put that sentence together, it's awful. It is because of the chaining aimed at children that I am worried. During his visit Anne said he noticed a family dining nearby with their kids. However, they fussed by the bottles and were making jokes about the wording. Mr. Shan added Alts had a laugh and then the children were asking their parents to tell them about it. If I had my niece would be worried. It's definitely not a t Mr. Shan sent to Pizza Hut and claims he didn't receive a response at first. Pizza Hut hosed to him via Hull Live and said, I can only apologize if you were caused any offense or upset on your recent visit to our hut. Please know it is not our intent to make any of our guests feel uncomfortable. The wording on our catch meant to cause offense and sorry if this was interpreted this way. This has been the label shop bottles in our restaurants for some time now, and I can only apologize if this impacted the enjoyment of your email. It wasn't enough for the food diner though, who has since said, I am not happy with their response. I cannot imagine any that sauce as tomato ketchup again. It is sexualized or so now they didn't deserve my custom. Mr. Shan says he gotten in touch with MPM Ahadi in an attempt to get the branding changed. We are asking for your you can make your donations at website www.misty101.com on podcast page. We hope that you hope. We thank you for being with us and your support. Goodbye till next time.